Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. You guys, I am so excited to bring to you a podcast that is bachelor related, but also kind of pop culture. They do a lot of different things, but definitely something you want to check out. And that's why I wanted to bring them on today to kind of discuss how they got started and all that. I have Natalie and Ashley from Can I Steal You for a Second podcast. They're with Fansided as well, and we'll talk all about that. But you guys, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Of course. I have to say that we are on the Clubhouse app recording this, which is so much fun because it's such a different platform. What do you guys think of it so far? It's a new trend, um, but I think it's here to stay. I will say this is my first time on the app, so you are getting a taste of a true newbie. I love it. It's a lot of fun, a lot more access, I feel, because, you know, when you're talking about Instagram, people having millions of followers, you know, people just have 100 followers now or a couple hundred followers, and they're much easier to connect with. I mean, even huge people, A-list stars even. So it's pretty awesome. It's ground floor. It's still in the beta phase, actually, the test phase. So it's pretty cool to uh, be able to record from here. So thank you guys for being open-minded to that as well. But I want to talk to you guys about how you got started with the podcast, maybe what you were doing prior, and how it all kind of came to be. Yeah, I'll start. So I'm Ashley. I'm the social media director with Fansided. And Can I Steal You for a Second is actually fairly new. We did our first season about a year ago, and it started with myself and Dustin Kendrick, who was on Hannah Brown season, as well as Shay Corrigan, who used to host the pod. And since then, um, we brought on Natalie. And, you know, The Bachelor, truthfully, was not something that I watched uh, religiously. And I fell into this and I'm hooked. I never understood the Bachelor Nation shtick. And now I'm like, okay, what is everyone up to? Who's dating who? Who's posting (laughs) what? What's the scandal? Natalie's sending me, you know, deep from the Reddit threads. So I'm new to Bachelor Nation, but I'm here to say that I get it and I'm hooked. Yeah, I was also um, relatively new. I think that Peter's season was the first season I watched live. Like, I went back and watched a bunch of old seasons, but Peter's was the actual, like, first one that I was sitting down watching every Monday night. I just joined Fansided in September, so that's when I joined the podcast. I'm kind of talking with Ashley and her former co-host, Shay. I was like, yes, sign me up. I'm so in there because the franchise is so fun to watch, but like previously before that, I was always kind of like, oh, I, I understand why people are addicted to it. And I just don't even want to go there because it's just another thing for me to watch. <laughs> so I was like, eh, I'll watch it eventually. And then I started kind of like writing about it for work, kind of came up and then the rest of history, super hooked. Well, you're talking to someone who's watched from season one, so you don't have to tell me how addicting to quote Game of Roses podcast. I've fallen into the pit so deep. There's no way I'm getting out, even with all the controversy that's gone on. I mean, it's just, and we'll get Mm -hmm. to that. So I'm glad you went back and watched previous seasons because I think that there's so much to gain from that, you know, because if you're going to be in Bachelor Nation, you kind of do need to know what happened before, uh-huh. you know? Now, I'm curious. You guys started at Peter's season. Did you watch Hannah Brown season? Hannah Brown season was actually the first season that I watched live as well. You talk about your first live season, Natalie. <laughs> that was my first live season. Truthfully, I've always worked in sports. So my nights were watching games, working nights. I always missed out on that. You know, the gal pals are sitting around the couch <laughs> and I'm still at the office on a Monday night. 
So Hannah Brown season was the first chance I got to really experience, you know, watching it in live time, seeing Twitter pop off, like all of the jokes. I was totally unaware what a social experience watching The Bachelor was. Yeah. <laughs> so true. It's it's such a big part of it. I have to be honest, I actually don't get on Twitter because since I'm on the West Coast, if I'm on Twitter, I'm oh. completely spoiled, right? So it kind of sucks. I wish that there was like a separate Twitter for <laughs> West Coast people. Of course, there's not going to be. But so yeah, I, I have to steer clear of that. But I've heard and I definitely share Twitter posts afterwards because they are always uh-huh. on point and hysterical. But I'm so curious because I'm actually really a good friend of Dustin's. And I'm curious how he got on the pod or was the pod kind of his idea? You know, I don't know how it started. It, like I said, it was something that kind of fell into my lap with Fansided. Uh, they brought me on board to do it. We had tried to do a bachelor pod and we're based in Chicago, which is where Dustin was living at the time. Yeah. And we had connected with him. We tried to do like a, a bachelor basketball tournament, actually. So we had like Dustin Kendrick, Clay, Tyler C. They were all in Chicago for the marathon March of 2019. And we connected with him then and later reached out. We're like, hey, we're starting this Bachelor podcast. Is it something you'd be interested in? And he was a joy to work with. He's such a nice guy. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute doll. I am not surprised that he was on board with that. By the way, shout out to his new company, Guaranteed Karma that he just started. That is such an incredible idea. Do you guys know about this? Have you heard of it? I haven't. So it's a nonprofit that he started that you can basically hook up with companies that want to do, you know, community service. And you can just be a part of that. And he just created like, I think it's an app or it's a website that can just like get you in, in touch with those companies that that are doing the, the nonprofit services, which is awesome. So, you know, I love any Bachelor Nation person that uses their platform for good. We could list so many, but there's so many that don't, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but there's so many that do. So that that's a good thing, right? Were you guys fans of Unreal when it came on? That series that kind of did like a behind the like a like a true, you know, mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, like... Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have told me to watch it, and I actually haven't, only because I just haven't gotten around to it. But I remember, like, people being like, oh, you watch The Bachelor, like, you need to watch this and, like, see the show be exposed and everything like that. But I just, like, have not never gotten around to it. I would highly recommend watching it. I actually binge-watched season one again. It's on Hulu, so it's super easy to watch now, mm-hmm. and... The first season, it just hits so close to home with, you know, what's happening now. And then the second season also because it was a Black Bachelor. So just watching it back, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. But everything that happens, you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. And it's based on an ex-producer's experience. So, yes. So it's really kind of a must watch if you watch the franchise because I just I feel like it just really opens your eyes to so much more. Are they going to ruin the show for me? Because (laughs) Natalie hears me every week being, like, over the TV magic, right? Like, I am not someone that's grown up watching The Bachelor. I don't have the same loyalty to it Mm -hmm. as I think a lot of Bachelor Nation does. So sometimes I'm like, you know what, whatever. It's just a producer shtick. So I don't get as riled up. I feel like this show is going to send me off the deep end (laughs) into, like, a spiral of every week, like knowing the tricks of the show. Well, honestly, I've interviewed so many contestants at this point where 
I hate to say it. I mean, yeah, production has such a heavy hand in what we see. You know, mm-hmm. they really, really do. And especially this season with everything that's happened, you know, they're they're probably recutting things, re-editing, you know, based on what's happened currently in real time. But the thing is, it's like if you're a fan, I mean, I don't know, is ignorance bliss? Like, do you, <laughs> would you rather be in the dark? Yeah. For me, since I've been watching so long, I wouldn't. Like, I, I want to know if something is fabricated or, you know, because I do get very passionate and very upset and I get mad when people like, you know, mm-hmm. Victoria and Yosef and you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's I guess it's up to the viewer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I feel like I I would want to know because I love any time like former Bachelor people do interviews and like spill a bunch of tea or mm-hmm. like even when Dylan Barber went on Twitter and like tweeted out a bunch of stuff just like a couple weeks ago or whenever that was I was like holding my phone like watching the <laughs> tweets come in like yes give me more of this yes yeah when he was just doing like a Q&A yeah yeah exactly and and that's what I'm saying I mean all the stuff that he said that's all true like that's but and that's why he had to delete most of it <laughs> right I mean is he gonna delete something that you know like that doesn't make sense so no all of that was true and I think he had heat from the show to delete and also like make a statement saying no actually my experience was quite positive well yeah you're freaking engaged to hannah g of course it's positive for you but you know you know all these other people who did not have a positive experience so i think it's important and i hope that it encourages more people to come out i mean you've seen some stories that are coming out now from past contestants that are like fuck it, I don't even care about contracts anymore or I don't even care if I'm going to get sued. Like, I just want people to know the truth. So, you know, it is absolutely happening. Yeah, it's insane. It really is. But I'm glad that people are coming out, especially if the experience is, you know, traumatic and everything like that. You know, people need to know. Right. And how do you guys feel about there not being like therapists, you know, readily available when they need them, especially with the mental health issues that they create basically from day one? Yeah. And then also the couples counseling. Like, do you think there should be a couples counselor there? That's a really good question. I think that we all know why there isn't, you know, a licensed (laughs) therapist on the show that they're there for views and the chaos comes from these mental breakdowns. It comes from the tears. You know, at the end of the day, truthfully, people aren't tuning in to see this happy romance every time. People love the drama. So I do think, you know, there's part of me that understands why it is the way it is, but it's inhumane. You know, once the cameras stop rolling, these experiences, which it sounds like there are a lot of traumatic or negative ones, it's really upsetting to me that there isn't a resource for them, you know, throughout the process or afterwards. And It makes me sad because not only do you have to navigate what you experienced on the show, but to be launched into the social media fame and the following. And we've seen how cruel people can be online. I don't think any person is equipped to handle that so quickly. You know, even just from the first episode, the number of followers that these contestants get just from night one. I mean, it launches them into this public spotlight, mm-hmm. and it does bother me. I'd, I'd be lying if I said it didn't bother me. There wasn't more resources to maintain mental health. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I agree. And I feel like too, like there's always a stigma of people, especially people that don't watch the show. They're probably thinking, or even you know, saying on Twitter and everything, like, "Well, they signed up for it," and it's like they didn't sign up for this like unnecessary, insane hate. 
Right. And that's the thing. They don't know what their edit's going to be until they get their phone back, until they're watching the show back. I mean, can you imagine being without your phone for a month or longer and then getting back on and seeing all of these messages and being like, what the fuck? Where is all this coming from? Like, you're not watching the show back yet, right? So you don't know. Yeah. What all went down and if they cut and pasted things you said in different times and, you know, just those Frankenbites or whatever they call them. It's just mm-hmm. so harmful. And it just, the editing can just be so harmful. So, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, the comments that I see on my own posts, I'm just like, block, block, delete, delete. <laughs> oh, my God, you know? And I, I can I cannot even fathom how that feels for them and some of them have come forward and said it did affect their mental health and they they did get into a dark place and I mean we hear that so many times and it's just so heartbreaking that they're not the same person they were you know when they came on the show yeah yeah and I I mean Natalie like we're in our 20s like we are the age of these contestants like Mm -hmm. we I say this on the podcast almost every week I love gossiping shit talking the episode but I would never in a million years have the confidence or the guts to go on national television <laughs> and have my faith left like in the hands of these producers. So, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, having comments about the episode, but I also like, I'm, I think hyper aware that I'm their age and still trying to figure it out. And, you know, these dumb things that I said when I was 23 are going to be on Hulu for the rest of forever. <laughs> right. So scary. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say, even like, okay, even if you go on and have an amazing experience and say you win the season, it's like still going on and having to compete against 30 other people has to mess with your mental health. Like, it has to. Even if you had a great experience with producers and whatever, like, just the premise of it all, it's like, I, I could never do it either. <laughs> Of course, there's no way that it couldn't. And, you know, you hear people say, like, I had no self-worth after, you know, I was comparing myself to everyone. And when you're in that situation, you know, and you don't know if someone's saying something behind your back. And then if you hear it and you're like, oh, my God, is that true? So you're doubting yourself, you know, your self-confidence is like the, the at the lowest and it's it's hard not to compare yourself when you have all these other women. And that's why it upsets me that people like your your all's age, you know, in the in their 20s are going on this show. I really would like to see it age up. I'd really love to see yeah. you know, at least 27 and I've said this a million times my listeners are going to be like, "Oh, here she goes again." But seriously, <laughs> seriously, at 25, that's when your frontal lobe is fully developed and you can make like big you know, decisions, like important decisions. But before then, you really can't. You're really not equipped. I mean, yes, you can be mature for your age, of course. And we've seen that. You know, we've seen a lot of contestants actually on this season are mature for their age. But that doesn't mean they're not too young to be going through this, you know? You're so vulnerable and you're so, you know, moldable still at that age. I mean, you guys are so young. And I just, I would love to see the leads be at least 27 and all the contestants be at least 27. Like I, I feel like maybe 25, a uh, mature 25, but definitely like I'm thinking more 27. So, cause you look at Tasha's season and she was older and the men were older, you know, for the most part. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. Like we got the love story because those people are, were mature. They knew what they wanted. Like they were ready, you know? And I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think Tasha and Zach are going to make it. 
Yeah. I don't want to jinx it, but I love them. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. They are what we hope comes out of the show. You know, yes, we like the drama, sure. But we do at the end want to see this love story come from all the drama. Like they're not getting bogged down in all of that, right? They they are they're rising above it and they're finding love and it's it's real. You know, we want to see that at the end. So I just hope that the franchise will go in more of that direction. I mean, I also hope that they have couples counselor there right off the show. They should immediately have a couples counselor. That's it. Yeah, that's a really good point to bring up because I still don't understand how so many of the couples actually do make it afterwards mm-hmm. because it's like it's easy to, you know, make a relationship work when you're in the same house or you're, you know, flying across the country, going on vacations together. But then it's like, all right, it's all over and we live across the country. And it's like I, I don't the logic there. Like, I, I love the show, but that logic there, it's just insane to me. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that when you go through a situation like that and then you have to watch it back. Now, I know some couples choose not to watch it back, but a lot of them do. And Taisha was on an episode, um, I can't remember the podcast now, but I think it was Off the Vine. She was telling Caitlin Bristow, she was like, it was so difficult, you know, to have Zach watch me tell these guys I love them or I'm falling in love with them. And, you know, it's like, how do you explain that? How do you explain that in that situation you did have those feelings? She was like, but he was always the one. Like, she always knew in her heart that he was the one probably like week four or something like that, she said. Like, you know, a third of the way in maybe. But it's the show. And she knew that. And she knew that she had to kind of let us think that maybe these other guys had a chance. You know, she couldn't be like Claire and just take her guy and leave, right? So we'll get into that too because that's just nuts as well. I don't know if you guys are fans of Claire and Dale or not, but. No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I just think that, you know, the whole situation with them too, it's like, oh, it's frustrating for sure. I mean, it's frustrating. Although we had, we got Taisha out of it, which I was thrilled. I thought Taisha was one of the best Bachelorettes we've ever had. And yeah. that's, that's saying a lot from someone who's watched every Bachelorette, but she really was so graceful and poised and just, she just owned it. You know, she just owned it and she knew what she wanted and she had a shortened season and yet she could be one of the more successful Bachelorettes. It's crazy. Yeah, she she rocked it. Like, she was just, like, so, I feel like, in the best position, like, so ready for love. And she's just such a mature and poised and, like, so always, like, smiling and seemed so genuine. And, like, I was about Claire in the beginning. I definitely liked her. And then it kind of was like, all right, this is getting old. Like, you're not on – you're not doing the show. You're – I don't know what she was doing, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Claire is not what we want in a lead. I'm with you, Natalie. <laughs> Off the jump, I was like, I mean, you know, she's older, a fresh take. The show's been on forever. I think they need to spice it up a little bit, bring in some change. Uh, Claire was that for maybe like an episode. And I <laughs> loved how she sent like Yosef off and was like, how dare you talk to me that way? I was like, finally, like she's confident, she's sure. And then things just went off the rails with, with Dale. And, you know, like you said, maybe that was a blessing because Tasha. I adore her. Every time she was on my screen, I was like, you are radiant. You are glowing. I want this to succeed for you. Oh, yeah. We were definitely rooting for her, which it felt good. It felt like, okay, this is what we deserve. This is what, you know, Mm -hmm. we should have had from the beginning for our lead. But funny, I've talked to several of Claire's guys, and they all say (laughs) 
that it was just such a crazy experience because she was so just laser focused on Dale. And I I feel so bad for so many of those guys, especially the guys that were cut night one and didn't even get to meet Mm Tasha. You know, my heart goes out to them because, my God, what a waste of time. I mean, literally. (laughs) And to be in a pandemic and be quarantined and, you know, to give up so much. I really hope that they reward those guys by at least bringing them to Bachelor in Paradise or even having them come on the new Bachelorette. So that brings me to... Who you think the new lead will be, maybe when this comes out, we'll know. But there's some rumors definitely out there. But given the the climate of just Bachelor Nation in general, do you think they'll go with that person or do you think that they'll go with someone else? I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. I keep seeing rumors now that like the having Katie possibly be the next Bachelorette is not going to happen anymore just because of everything going on and I don't know. I mean, I really, I really, really like her. The only issue is that, like, you know, they're just falling into their same cycle. It's like, yeah, you know, like a white woman being the lead. So it's nothing against her, but it also, like, I could see people being angry and for the right reasons. Yeah, I'm with you, Natalie. It's I loved Katie. I think she'd be such a great lead. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't just, you know, bring Matt James on and that rectifies years and mm-hmm. years of really dropping the ball and I just think that Bachelor producers owe it to the fans to just do better but also I think you know hearing some of the the statements that people are coming out with about their experience it's not just casting you know diverse leads or bringing on diverse contestants it's maintaining like safe spaces for these people you know whether that is a mental health professional to help navigate the online climate after or, you know, the cast and crew and how producers treat them. I think this issue is a lot, a lot deeper than just, you know, diversifying the lead. That doesn't fix anything. I completely agree. I think that Katie is a great potential lead given the fact that she's older, which is what I was saying before. You know, we'd have more mature men, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But she is still non-POC. And so... I think that if uh, if the franchise is going to show that they're going to have diversity and they're committed to that, you really can't have a white lead. You really just can't. <laughs> I don't I don't see how that kind of falls in line with, you know what I'm saying? I just I feel like that's not showing where you want the show to go. Now, granted, I will say Katie is open to dating other races, which is awesome. That makes me very happy to hear. But again, I think that the lead, especially given what's happened, should be POC. And my God, there's been so many amazing POC women, women of color, I should say W-O-C, women of color mm-hmm. on that season. That would be incredible leads. I mean, do you guys have any favorites? Mm-hmm. I, I really like Chelsea. I thought she was going to go further this season. Yes. I had some favorites, but truthfully, the bullying that went on this season, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I know all right, we talked about the producers and what they're doing. I think that's why I was drawn to Katie is because she rectified mm-hmm. some of that bullying in the house. But also, you know, Piper did some press and podcasts this week and she just talked about, you know, feeling like it was edited to make some of the women of color in that house mm-hmm. look like the villains, you know, like Heather came in and was bullied. And we talked about this on our podcast this week. You know, I was quick to say everyone was being a bully and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, but I think a lot of the bullying stemmed from feeling the need to stand up for themselves. So I don't know. I don't know if I, I think there's some options for sure. But I'm also like, 
who are these people? I need some time to dive into their social media and see unproduced takes of who could be the lead. That's completely fair. And I think, too, that the just the bullying kind of overtook everything on this season. And, you know, we saw it on Peter's season, but not, I feel, to this extent. And I've talked a lot about this on my pod as well. But it, it bears to be repeated that, you know, this is not what we want to see. This is not... You know, yes, we want the drama, but it doesn't need to be in this form. You know, this form, it's just, it's so hard to watch. It's not enjoyable. You know, watching a group of women bring another woman to tears is not enjoyable. And if it's enjoyable to you, you better look in the mirror because it shouldn't be, okay? That's, that's disturbing. So what they've done as far as editing goes, I mean, we'll never know the extent of it, but I believe Piper just because of what I've seen and what I've heard. You know, I believe that the editing does. Mm -hmm. However, you do need to hold yourself accountable for the words that you choose to use. I mean, Serena C., I believe, saying that Heather was a virus. Like, I'm sorry. No. (laughs) You cannot say that. Like, that's just not okay, you know? And we can't we can't defend it. We can't condone it. Just like Chris Harrison can't defend racism in general, you know? So... Basically, it kind of comes full circle. There's an obvious front runner in my book, not not my personal front runner. What we've read online, but also mm-hmm. you know the the one on one when they're you know dancing in front of Aloe Black. There, there's something there. I I think Matt is kind of mellow. We don't see a lot of personality from him week to week. And I would say that I think I see the most interest in Rachel at this point from him. I was going to say, Natalie and Michelle, I'm too, I love her. And where she's doing push-ups at the end. Yeah. Like, her personality is unmatched. I really like her, which is why I'm not trying to get my heart broken by laughing <laughs> this idea that maybe there's hope for Michelle. Um, I, I think she's wonderful. Yeah, that was the best part of the show for me. That was the best part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. I think that Michelle has so much potential. I love her with Matt. I also kind of think that she could do better than Matt sometimes, too. So I'm like, well, you know, I'd love to see her in Paradise. I'd love to see her as a lead. I think that she definitely should be on our screens longer than this season, um, regardless. But I think she has been kind of like a Katie, you know, really not getting into the drama, not getting into the – I don't consider her a mean girl at all. I don't think I've ever really seen her be a bully. So that's really um, positive. You know, it's really good to see that. I also, I have to admit, I'm a dating coach. And when I saw that date with Matt and Jacinia, and Jacinia's like, can you put me on the car? I'm like, oh, honey. (laughs) Oh, no. A man will put you on the car if he wants to put you on the car. You do not ask him to do it. That just kills the mood completely. (laughs) I was dying. But that was a fun date. Really, really fun date. So at least we got to see them have fun before she got sent home. I know, yeah. I think Ashley and I were saying, like, the dates where Matt seems to be having the most fun, like this one with Jacinia and the one with Katie and Tyler, it's like, he has the most fun with them, and then it's like, all right, see you later. Like, I guess he's not (laughs) looking for fun. Well, that third person, that third wheel is kind of, you know, a date killer, right? I mean, the minute you hear someone else is coming on your date, I think you kind of are thinking, is it a buffer? Is this someone to kind of, you know, like, yeah. like maybe we won't have anything in common to talk about or whatever. But it did upset me, though, that Serena P. got two one-on-ones when Abigail didn't, yeah. didn't get a single one. I'm not over it. She was so sweet. And you could tell that she was heartbroken over it. That's 
that's mm-hmm. what's hard. I love a little tears. I love the dra- like. We are watching an entertainment product on our television screen. But her despair for like not getting time, like I felt for her. Like she was my girl who was coming home to me and being yeah. like, "He didn't ask me out." I loved her, but you know, we, I don't think we've got enough time of her on our screen either. Like you know, every week it was just the bullying, like relentless bullying. Yeah, and they kept perpetuating it. It was really disappointing to see. Rachel Lindsay, I was just reading how she said, you know, once her contract yeah. is up, she's out. So I I mean, I love her. She's obviously amazing. Rachel Lindsay, like as someone in media, as a woman, like her mm-hmm. poise, the way she's always conducted herself. I've always looked up to her. Like, all the respect in the world goes out to her. I'm so happy to hear you say that 1000%. The comments that I get on my post, because I've shared, I shared the original interview, obviously, you know, that that mm-hmm. was heard around the world, as I say. Um, and mm-hmm. the comments are just disgusting. They really are. We don't even deserve her in Bachelor Nation, to be quite <laughs> honest. Like, she is a queen and she should just go back to um, CNN or wherever. You know, she's she's got bigger fish to fry. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. Right? She's just, she's in a whole nother realm. But did you guys see the interview that she had with Mike Johnson? I did not. I did see it. No, I because I think Mike Johnson, too, I think we can all agree that he was also robbed of a little more screen yes. time. Yes. And again, both of them, how candid and, I don't know, I'm an emotional person, and I feel like I'm always fumbling over my words trying to really articulate the, the point I'm trying to make, but also be true to what I'm feeling. And I, every time I listen to interviews that they both do, I walk away knowing I got the most authentic version of themselves. Right. And in a way that makes me want to be a better media personality or even just like a listening ear to my friends. The two of them, I I don't know what contracts they're under and trying to navigate that element as well. Definitely go check it out because both of them, I would listen to their podcast, their show, their tell-all, whatever they want to do after their contracts <laughs> are up, like I will be the first person to tune in. I need to watch that because I remember when the interview, the Chris Harrison interview first came out, Mike posted something just on his story, like initial reactions. And he's another one that like he still remains so respectful when he's calling out the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if I could do that. Oh, yeah. No, he is always so, again, poised, just like Rachel. I'm mm-hmm. thrilled that he and Rachel's husband, Brian, have a podcast on there. Yeah. yeah, they are very authentic in that. And and I loved their episode that they did regarding, you know, the, the interview. But the interview that he had with Rachel Lindsay, just, I think I've watched it twice now. It's just so, you're just hanging on every word because everything they said, when I shared it, I just like, I wanted to share the whole thing because it was all so good. I mean, so many great points. He actually feels like, and I loved this point of view that he had, he actually feels like if Matt and Rachel are together, that they shouldn't break up and that they just need to have a conversation and that Rachel just needs to do the hard work and, you know, learn why what she was participating in was wrong and, you know, all of that, like just educate herself because if they're truly in love, Mike said, you don't just walk away from that, you know, if there's if there's an issue. And so I loved that because I feel like everybody just wants to cancel her. And I don't want to cancel her because I feel like she needs to use her platform that she has. She has a huge platform now to show that she is learning and growing from this experience. And if she's going to be with a black man, marry a black man, get engaged to a black man, if that so happens, you need to stand up and you need to support that relationship and show the world, hey, look, I know I did wrong in the past, but this is who I love now. And I'm going to prove to you 
that I'm learning and doing better and getting better and, you know, becoming more inclusive or whatever it is. So I loved that point of view. That's why, Natalie, I hope you go watch it because it really is. It's incredible. It's really incredible. Yeah, I need to watch it. That's such a good point, too, because I feel like even just cancel culture in general with any whoever it is, it's like that's such an easy way out. Yeah. But I love how now people are like, no, we need to just be accountable for what we're saying and, you know, educate ourselves, own up to it, apologize, move on. That's really what everyone's looking for. I'm at a really kind of like a crossroads because Yosef actually contacted me and expressed interest on coming on my live show that I have, you know, Bachelor alum on to talk about their experience on the show and who they are before, who they were after, all that. And I'm so torn because, you know, this man was, is so hated in Bachelor Nation, but I feel like if I say no, I I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel so torn because I I feel like I, on one hand, I do want to have him come on to see like, okay, maybe I can talk some sense into him. But also, like, on the other hand, you know, he kind of, I don't want to give him the time, like, I don't want to give him the platform, but if he is going to, he didn't apologize to Chris Harrison, but I mean, maybe we could like, uh, like have a breakthrough or something. I don't know. It's possible, you know, with just having an honest, open Mm -hmm. conversation. A lot of time has passed. So I'm kind of at that crossroads. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that I should have him on? I think that, you know, there's a big difference between like advocating for if we got on this podcast. And we're like, you know, Chill's part wasn't a big deal. She was in college, blah, 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 like advocating these ideas. But I would hope that, oh my God, for the record, I would, I don't agree with <laughs> anything she did. Heinous behavior. But just say we came on. I would hope that, you know, Erin, you have the wherewithal to call out someone that you're giving this platform or this opportunity to and hold them accountable for, you know, their beliefs or whatever. It is a gray area, I think, in media of who you want to welcome into your sphere. Mm-hmm. But I think that mm-hmm. the power is really in how you navigate the conversation. And when I keep saying Rachel Lindsay, like she, I don't think she backed down from Chris Harrison. Like she really was grilling him and dishing it right back. And I think that at the end of the day, we're walking away saying like Rachel Lindsay was incredible and who I want to be. And Chris Harrison had to take some time away from his job. Like people's (laughs) true colors will show. I don't have a, an open invite to him necessarily, (laughs) but I think that, you know, people will show their true colors if you give them the space to do so. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was a great idea for Yosef to go on mental all only because they just did it for the drama of it, right? Like the entertainment. But if you're, you know, trying to have a conversation with him and like Ashley said, like call him out when he's wrong and kind of get to the bottom of like, are you apologetic? That kind of thing. That's way different than like having him on your screen just to fight with the other men for entertainment and views. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's funny, I posted a poll because I was I just wanted to ask my followers, you know, what do you guys think? Because honestly, I don't have a page if I don't have followers. So if, you know, I want to hear where they're coming from. And it was unanimously, no, it was like 85% versus like 15%, you know. So I'm going to see if that poll changes at all. But I kind of want them to decide because I feel like, you know, I have this platform because of them, right? So it's just it's an interesting thing. Um, by the time this comes out, maybe I'll already have interviewed him I don't know but it's just yeah I was just curious what you guys thought about that but Jason Tardick Caitlin's fiance he has a group it's like a networking group I guess called Restart and he had Tyler on and so we were able to like ask questions and we ran out of time so I didn't get my question asked but as I'm listening to him like 
he is he is one of those people that you just he has an MBA. Like I had no idea this man, you know, he he was portrayed as like a contractor and like the Florida boy, you know, good old boy. Mm. He has an MBA. He is smart as hell. Like really, really smart. The things that he was saying made so much sense. He was talking about his time on the show and after and everything and just life in general. And he is so incredibly wise. Like I was blown away. So real quick, because I'm a dating coach, I'm curious. Are you guys both single? Oh, we are on very different pages. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, should I answer? I, I am not single. I'm in a relationship. And I am single. <laughs> You're single. Okay. So I'm just curious, because of the quarantine and everything, how have you been dating recently? Like, are you an apps girl? Are you, like, just friends of friends? Like, I'm always so curious when I talk to a, a single person. I feel like I'm in the minority here. I wasn't dating through a lot of this. I'm the person I... Uh, in February of 2020, I already had my stockpile of hand sanitizer, wipes, like medicine. <laughs> I was so paranoid about this virus yeah. that I like really kind of kept in my circle. But I will say that all of my friends are out. Um, we're in Chicago, snowy Chicago, when it was 20 degrees. People were out, you know, meeting people off Hinge and Bumble yeah. under the heat lamps. Like my friends have been doing it. Um, <laughs> I'm just the lone wolf. I was like, I will not no guy on hinge is worth me damaging lungs for the rest of my life. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Anyway, you both have been such a joy. I've loved having you on. Tell everyone where they can find your wonderful podcast and your website, Instagram. Uh, Yeah. So our podcast is, can I steal you for a second? You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And we are with, Fansided, fansided.com. Also, acceptthisrose.com is our bachelor website from Fansided. So make sure to check that out as well. Perfect. You guys, please go follow them. Go rate, subscribe, listen, and share. We podcasters love that. All the love we can get. And you guys are just a joy. I'd love to have you back sometime. And hey, we're just on this Bachelor Nation journey together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are there any other reality TV shows that you guys love that you're looking forward to? I was a big fan of Love is Blind. The messier, the better. I'm yeah. all for it. So I was a big fan of that, and it was something new. I think I'm always kind of chasing something different. So yeah. I hope that we get more of that in the future, some fresh takes. Yep, seasons two and three yeah, are coming out. Yeah, I think Netflix should keep keep going on the reality TV train here because obviously, you know, most people have Netflix. Netflix is very accessible and so far what they've put out is good. So I'm down with that. I agree. I love it all. And more reality TV, the better. I feel <laughs> a little <laughs> escape from kind of crazy life right now. But well, I wish you guys the best. I hope that you guys don't have too harsh of a winter out there in the East Coast and the <laughs> in the Midwest. It was so nice to chat with you guys. Thank you so much for getting cozy with me. And hey, you guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You can follow me at Getting Cozy with Erin on Instagram. And I'm at tasteofreality.com. You can find all of my podcast episodes there. Thanks again, ladies. Have a great day. And uh, hey, we'll see you next time. Bye.